This is the Sea to Sky podcast with Marcus and Alan, weaving through the issues in Sea to Sky country. All right, welcome to another Sea to Sky podcast. Today we're talking about local politics. I'm here with Marcus, of course, and our special guest, Jess Laframbois. Uh, thanks for having me on, Alan and Marcus. Uh, he is affectionately known as the Raspberry locally, and actually has quite a bit of background in covering local politics. Uh, you, for my newspaper, Sea to Sky News, you had the council beat. Yeah, for uh, three years. And then you've also been involved in local politics. Yeah, and prior to the newspaper, uh, a couple years at Mountain FM. Yeah, that's where I met you. Was at Mountain FM. When was that again? Like, was, uh, do we that want to date been, ourselves, or do we want to say yeah, it was well, like a, we over a decade ago? Two thousand four, two thousand five. Oh, where does the time go? Yeah, no kidding. And here we are sitting in like my house talking about local politics. Weird how how things evolved in 2018. Evolve. In 2018, <laughs> weird how this evolved. We're just sitting back. All right, old politics. Here we go. Uh, Although Ma- Mayor Patricia Heinzman was on council back then. Yes. Uh, we had the mayor, I think, at that point was Ian Sutherland, I think. Uh, yes, he was. And there was uh, a counselor named Paul Wally who was there. And so do I, am I ruining the surprise right off the bat? No? So let's get right into it. So we, we're talking, the, uh, the district just released uh, basically their packages now to go out. And uh, if you want to become part of council or mayor, uh, and you can go download it and start uh, enacting your the procedures, I guess is the word, to, to, to put your name in the hat to become uh, involved in the elections. And everyone thought, I think at this point here in this room, I think two weeks ago, thought it was going to be a two-horse race between Susan Chappelle and, uh, and, and Patty. And uh, then, yeah, I certainly did. Yeah. And then all of a sudden now we, we're catching wind that Mr. Wild Paul card. Lolly, wild card, is going to jump into the race. I, well, we can talk about what, what he can bring to the table. But first, before we get into, you know, um, about who can do what, first, let's see. Let's talk about what needs to be done. I think uh, what's, what's the big issues? What would be the big talking points? I think for housing, 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 obviously, oh, that's followed the- by transportation. Yeah, um, transportation be uh, I think um, from from when I study from the studies from uh, Quest University they came through with a whole demographic breakdown which we'll discuss in, in another uh, podcast. But one of the big things that came through was transportation was a big one. Obviously, housing is is huge, especially that Dumar building. I think is going to uh, <laughs> cause a little bit of ire amongst voters. So where, where do we start? What do you think? Where, where do you think these uh, these where should we go with any of these guys? Well, I would start with transportation. Housing's always always been a problem for the corridor, and it never seems to uh, get anything more than more exasperated as as years go on. But uh, in in light of the fact that the Greyhound uh, service has been cut, and and we have uh, airporter buses that are actually allowed to pick up people from the airport, pick up people in Vancouver stop in Squamish and deliver to Whistler but if you wanted to get on in Squamish and go up to Whistler on that same bus with empty seats uh, they're not licensed for it perimeter is not licensed uh, what and the other carrier I can't think of at the moment. But that's, but that's the same thing with all taxis, right? If Whistler Taxi comes down, drops somebody off in Squamish, they can't pick up in Squamish. They have to go back to their own little zone and mm-hmm. do their business, right? There's well, there's Epic Rides, and and they're a little bit they're a bit a little bit looser, and Pacific Coach, which is the more traditional sort of tourist bus. Epic Rides is becoming they're they're quickly sort of filling it because they're like I say they're a little bit more loosey goosey on how they do things. If they do have empty seats, you might be able to get uh, a ride to Whistler or a ride from Whistler to Squamish. 
But of course, there's nothing official. It's really up to the driver and, and your persuasion skills. We, well, I did a podcast once with, uh, with Susan about transiting in a corridor, and uh, Squamish Connector has, has picked up a lot of slack, and they've been doing a lot of great work uh, trying to get flexible schedules going for to Vancouver at least. I'm not sure about their Whistler service, but I know to Vancouver they try their best to accommodate everyone. Now you got apps, even though Uber and, and these ride they're not uh, they're not legal here in town. You still have this thing called Papa Ride, where you can go on and say I'm going to Whistler at this time, and eight bucks you can jump on and get a ride up. So um, I think it, it just comes down to when it comes to transit, a lot of people I think um, I think from from the general consensus, I know transit is a big thing because you're talking about it. For me. It's it's the gas prices more than anything, and and um, and I think when people think of transiting, they're thinking gas prices more than how we're getting gouged than necessarily having buses. That's just me, maybe because I own a car. Because to me, that doesn't seem like a priority list to me. But remember how that uh, see the sky commuter that uh, wasn't started around two thousand five after that uh, large accident um, uh, just south of Brackendale, and at the time we had a commuter service that that really tailored to a lot of the service providers that live in Squamish and, and service Whistler, mainly in the hotels. And there were uh, four trips per day that were geared around when people would start and finish their shifts. And from what I remember, the ridership was an extreme success. Um, however, just with funding, lack of funding from BC Transit, the RMOW pulled out, uh, you know, it only lasted for a couple of years, but it was successful. And I think if that was a long, that was, you know, over 10 years ago to date ourselves again. But um, if they were to create a regional transit authority like they would had talked about back then that got, gets the village of Pemberton, Whistler and Squamish, along with BC Transit to fund something like that, um, then that's going to provide for a safe and environmentally friendly and a regular ride to get people to and from uh, throughout the whole corridor, especially for Squamish residents. Susan has pretty much hung her head on that, I believe. She's talking about transit and doing this, this going up to Whistler and talking to them and bridging and making, making the right connections and get this going because all the research has been done. As much money as you can spe be spent on market research and getting things, just I think it's been spent and studied. Mm -hmm. It's just getting going up there to Whistler and saying, "Hey, let's get this done." And Susan seems really keen on doing that. Well, would she's you really keen on it, but also, I mean, I interviewed Patricia Heinzman last fall for the chief, and she had, you know, the district had a transportation plan that they were working on a mass transit plan involving buses and talking about what Jess said, creating a regional transportation authority. So these things are in the works. It's just, you know, it comes down, it always comes down to money. Well, it also comes down to who's going to actually do something about it. All right. I mean, if they're, they're talking about it for years. And, and my understanding is that it's there. They just need to shake some hands and sign some contracts. So it's a question of stepping up and getting it done. So what's, what's holding these, what's holding our local politicians to. I think uh, the resort municipality of Whistler is holding a lot of it back. They weren't uh, too keen on it to the very beginning. I remember uh, I was a reporter at Mountain FM when it first started, and uh, they raised the fee from, I think it was from 5 to 6 or $7. And Mayor Hugh O'Reilly at the time justified it by saying, well, the bride that we have from Pemberton to Whistler is $4. We thought $5 or $6 to Squamish, in his words, were too good of a value. Um, so um, we really need the RMLW to come on board. That's that they're the probably the, the, the biggest stakeholder in the corridor, obviously. And um, without their support, it's really going to be hard to create something like a regional transit authority. I think. 
And they're losing their mayor as well. So that creates, it's going to be interesting come November, how it's all going to shake out. Who are going to be the mayors of the two, you know, the two major towns in the corridor, Squamish and Whistler. You think you think it's going to be a big like big shift? You think two new mayors? So I'm, I, that makes me think here in Squamish we might see some different lighting here. Are we, what are you talking about? I think well, I mean potentially. <laughs> well, we are going to see a new mayor in Whistler, and right. here in Squamish. Well, since you bring up Susan Chappelle, let's segue into the mayor uh, race. I think the sitting mayor Patricia Heinzman. I, I I think she's got the edge over Paul Lally and Susan. The incumbent usually does. I think so too. Yeah. Um, but potentially we may have, uh, someone new in the chair and of course that, that, and then you got a new, someone new in the chair up at Whistler cause Nancy's retiring. So that then where we, cause now it's not business as usual. Now we got, you know, people that want to make their mark. Like you say, Susan, she's been very Vocal. outspoken. Outspoken uh, is, is I think a very, I, yeah. very light term. <laughs> Anyone who knows Susan, yeah, knows she's very outspoken and she certainly has, some. uh, but she's got a lot of policy ideas. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, so that could be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting race. That's for sure. The, the mayor race here in Squamish. Yeah. Um, especially with Paul potentially coming in. I'm not sure if it's official yet, but, uh, I think uh, Paul, we, we know Paul because like, um, from back in the day, like Paul used to be councilman, then he disappeared. And, and so far the, for, for his name to resurface, I, I don't think it's the worst kept secret in town. Paul, Paul Lally's running for mayor. We all know. All it. right. But then you have a lot of new people who aren't here 10 years ago to know who this guy is. Right. right? Yeah. So what type of candidate is he then? Pro business. Yeah. He might get that pro business vote, but um, I think that's what he's counting on the, the business. Well, that's, and it's, and it's significant. The, for what I can tell the, the rightest wing candidate that is running for mayor. So do we really have wings when it comes to like mayor candidates? I don't know. We don't, I don't I, think so. It's not really left or right now. Is it? Like, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't Come think on. so. This is like really <laughs> well, how, how someone would say how they lean. I would. Uh, I don't even, I don't even go there. I think that it's a matter of maybe, you know, he, he's a little bit more, business priority susan might be a little bit more and you know even and that's not even accurate because i know in a, in a lot of ways susan's very pro business it's just a different approach to business so you know no one's saying let's have fewer small businesses and let's jack up the 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 small business tax you know none of the candidates are saying that so well that's right? what's happening that's the problem right they, it's you know, just all different the approaches are talking about diversification of business in town and and then you know and it, there, there's no there's no talk about how they're going to do it. I mean, how are you going to incentivize a company to leave where they are in Vancouver to come up here, where they might lose staff to come up here? You got to give them incentives to do it. Right now, we're so desperate for taxes, other than property taxes, there's, there's, and development cost charges, and all those things. Like, how are you going to incentivize business to come up here? It seems like it's it's going to be a big magic trick or or something. I some part of policy that i would have no idea how it would work or i would have no beginning of comprehending um so that i think that's the big challenge uh i am i'm a, I'm a small business owner in town um you know my taxes go up but also my property taxes have skyrocketed right so if anything you're diversifying the economy and somehow i'm paying less in the end run i'm happy right and I, well i guess what i would like to say if, if that's what paul's plan is uh you know obviously he hasn't really uh come forward with his platform yet even if he is or officially right. announced right exactly too so that's where yeah, we're, we're officially we're, announcing we're, for paul we're officially uh, just spitballing here what he might do um but if he cut you know if he has a real solid plan i think people would buy into it but um uh that's yet to be seen but the diversification of the local economy is something that we've heard 
a lot from Susan, and of course we heard it from Patty as well, and it always comes down to employment lands and office space. You can't have a diversification of the economy unless there's a place where businesses can set up, and that's what it comes down to, and we hear that from all the, I mean, we haven't heard it from Paul, but I'm sure that's probably going to be part of his platform. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but you know, on a house, you can do it. The question is, how do you create those employment lands? Because developers want to build residential. That's where they make more money on. Yeah, and if you want to talk about affordable housing, one of the ideas that doesn't really come up in Squamish that often is purpose-built rental homes, um, or rental buildings, rather, where the place is rented out. I brought it up in 2008 when I ran for council. <laughs> How'd that work for you? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't make it. Yeah. I, th- I thought they were building some some buildings there. Right? They built one one building. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, if the market dictates it, I say do it. But if the market doesn't dictate, I mean, what what, what can you do? And that, and that's the problem. If you're if you're a free market. But yet you need to bring in some some uh, some revenue. The problem is that they need the land in the district. A lot of people don't realize that the district Squamish does not own a lot of land around here uh, that would that would even be suitable to uh, even to give to developer. The lot. Last thing I remember that they did was, which is a great project, is uh, Riverstones there along uh, Government Road. Right, and they own that property. Yeah, exactly. And it was um, the developer pretty much did it, you know, for his. Michael Michael Hutchinson, who's that, now heading up the oceanfront. I didn't want. I was going to mention his name. I didn't think we were name dropping, but yeah, that was the guy. I was that, at that the meeting when it happened. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> anytime I talk to somebody on the note, his that name seems to come up quite. A uh, listen, bit. I've known Michael Fears. He's a good guy, but you know, let's face it, he can't pretend he's not a public figure. Uh, he's heading up a, a huge public lands project, so you know, he he's fair game as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, not that there's anything, I don't think there's anything nefarious to say about him. Others, others would probably disagree with me. We got a chuckle from, I guess you've heard a few of those comments, Marcus. You care to share? I've heard uh, a lot. It's, it's a different perspective was put that way. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm all, I'm all for development as long as it makes sense. And as long as uh, at the end of the day, all that we're not, we're not footing a lot of the bills, uh, which we are doing because, you know, there's other things going on at council. I think that's going to be hopefully brought up is the, the extended spending and borrowing the district has been doing a lot of it. I mean, uh, I, the rumor is from what I understand is that the, the banks need guaranteed loans. Now they can't, they can't just loan the district any money, money. Cause they just keep borrowing and borrowing and borrowing. And well, you know how they fine. can, you know how they can stop that. They can start selling off some of the oceanfront and developing it. So oceanfront then we're, we're doing oceanfront and since we're speaking oceanfront, what about LNG? Well, that that's gonna, yeah. <laughs> well, which one do you want to start with? Well, well I thought I, I, it's not my show or anything, but I thought we were talking. Jump about, in, we're jump talking in. Mayor there uh, for a long t- uh, for a good I don't know how many minutes, but uh, that's only one vote. It's obviously it's a sexy topic, but yeah. there's six other votes that are going to make up Squamish. Yeah, council, that's a good point. So, um, yeah. You know, yeah. who are you liking for council? I I mean, who's going to run though? I mean, the thing is with council. You usually end up getting about 18 candidates. Yeah. Yeah. But how many incumbents do we think are running? Was it, was it half of them are running? Yeah, at least back? three. At, at least, least three. three are for sure coming, are running again. I know Pryor is out. Uh, Ted is so done. So, I, I'm so fed up with this. Bar, 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 bar. I love Ted. We still. love you, Ted. We're not making, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> we're we got to make fun of you. That's all we have is rah, 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 rah. This here. And then, uh, and then, who, uh, what's, um, you know, the names escape me. But yeah, I think half of them are, are, are trying to return as incumbents. Uh, I have a sneaky suspicion, though, we're going to have a lot of people who are going to throw their name in the ring and, throw, and, and basically, in the, but we'll see them sort of weed out as the months go on. 
towards uh, well not months to one but like as the weeks go on i think we're looking at maybe 20 candidates i believe i think there'll be quite a few and then they'll be like oh, you know what yeah no and then we'll have a good strong you know eight to ten i think no but usually usually the whole slate sticks it out i mean some people so they throw their hat in the ring but they don't really bother to run but they're there they've paid their yeah, I agree. Even if you've, if you've submitted your papers and you've gone that far and you go to the all-candidates meeting, I, at least the all-candidate meetings I've been to, even though the people that you would think wouldn't have much of a, uh, of a chance, they're still there and they show up. And uh, I haven't seen at least, in your, I don't know about you, Al, have you seen like numerous people drop out? Like uh, Almost never. But I'm talking about this time around. There's, there's because I, I'm, I'm going by my gut feeling here because when you go on the social medias and you go on like the Squamish speaks and you go to these different groups and when you talk to people, especially the, a lot of new folk in town who have their ideas and have like, no, we should grow this town this way and they seem very outspoken. Like, you know what? I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what I can do about that. Maybe I'll go for council. And I've, I've run into so many people who are so optimistic about going on council and fixing things. And it's just usually you'll get your handful, like you know. But then I've, it just seems like I came across a lot more of them. Yeah, but that that's before that they've actually submitted their papers. There's a lot of people yeah. that say, oh, I'm going to run. I'm going to run for office. But then when a push comes to shove, they never submit their, their papers. But people that have actually submitted and are officially running, they usually see it through to the end. Maybe they don't they don't realize that even a council run for, for local government does require a certain amount of money. you got to buy signs and pamphlets and radio ads. And they realize they're just not competitive. So they may not put much effort into it, but they don't drop out because why drop out? doesn't cost anything to stay in the race. I hear there's movement against having a bunch of campaign signs this year again. Hopefully that kind of pans out. Yeah, I don't know if that... I, I guess, yeah, it's an unfair advantage to people with more money, but then if you're able to raise more money, it kind of... No, should. I think it's kind of an eyesore in town to have uh, 20 campaign signs in the yeah. corner. Like, right. I don't know. Does it really matter, though, campaign signs, the way things are going right now? Because if you look on the social media platform I mean, and you look at our, our mayoral candidates, I mean, I, Susan Chappelle is all over. The social media, Patty, not so much, and Lolly again. He's a dark horse that no one knows exists right now, except the worst kept secret. So, if you're talking about new ways, if you're restricting science, that obviously now at some point sort of sort of plays. Susan would have the big advantage there yeah, if, yeah. That, if that was the case. So, hmm. she know. definitely is much more media savvy than the other two. Yeah, for sure. So the next question is: Is there enough old guard left to basically reelect Patty? Or Paul. Yeah. Paul. I, when you said old guard, I thought you were talking yeah, about Paul. I'd more Paul than Patty. <laughs> is there enough green vote left to re- I, uh, like I, Patty? I don't know, right? I mean, it's, 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 this is where she's done a lot for the community. I sat there when she was a counselor and she talked about connectivity and trails and uh, looking back on what she was talking about over 10 years ago. You know, we have a paved valley trail system, sort of like Whistler. Um, she brought a bridge that was going to be torn down from Brennan Park, put it up over uh, just short of Brackendale there. Uh, you know, she's done a lot that's what she said she was going to do. And I think if people have been paying attention, they'll um, they'll recognize that. So I think that's going to be her support if there's still enough of those people that are still in Squamish. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, it's, it's a, there's so much turnover. And when you when you look at like the poison that's the squamish speaks right there's there's a lot of a lot of venom that gets tossed around in there it's a, it's a giant snake pit, so I mean, you know you don't you're never put in the positive light. I mean, and I think with the, with the voter the voter base today, I don't think they've seen 
what Patty has done, what her record is, right? They just see mm-hmm. what's what's going on now. The Jumar is being built right beside the school. We have uh, we have the the downtown core is with the one way in, one way out. We have these weird fancy signs everywhere, and townhomes are being crammed everywhere. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's great that yeah, Patty has done a lot, but I mean now we're at a point where our our property taxes have gone up. They've they're a lot, and we have uh, a, a district that's been borrowing a lot of money. And we're talking about diversification of economy. Now, the next question is, would Patty be the next person to do that? Okay, well, we touched on LNG. So let's go back to that because that's going to be a big issue. (laughs) Exactly. And if you want to talk about having tax revenue for the town, well, LNG is it. Nothing's going to bring in more tax revenue than wood fiber. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm all for... I'm, I'm all for bringing in some money. And at the end of the day, though, like, do we really have an option for LNG? Is like, it's the, Can we ask the district, say, no, not really. I, I don't think so. And for a lot of people that are listening to this that aren't aware of the history of the old mill and losing wood fiber, that was 15 years ago, a, about a $2 million tax loss to the district. And that hole has existed ever since. That's exactly right. It was $2 million bucks. So when you talk about, I remember talking to Mayor Southern at the time about it, and they just like, "How are we just going to make up for two million bucks?" Right, borrow, 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 and raise taxes. So there you go. Oh, exactly. So I mean, so (laughs) where do we go from here? So is Patty? I'm not trying to trash Patty. I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. Uh, I'm not. I've I've been removed for a few years. So you know, when 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 I move back, like, oh, Patty's mayor now. Whoa, way to go! So she's been on council forever. So it's just a question. I think we're in a point of transition in this town of where we want to be because we're no longer a log community. We're more of a bedroom community. Uh, and we see, like, you know, people not affording to be here anymore. We're seeing a lot of different things. We're like in taxes going up and we want Squamish to be obviously to grow in a proper way. And yes, we have planners and stuff. So who's the best person to sort of see it through? Like so, Patty right now, uh, with you know the knock on her is that there's been a lot of borrowing, a lot of spending. There's been a lot of hum-hawing about LNG and and about bringing in projects. Whereas Sue is not all for LNG, but she's all about bringing in, uh, you know, uh, business and diversifying the economy. And then again, Lolly, which we're not going to put words in his mouth, right? So stepping forward, do you think it's time for transition? Do you think Patty can move on with it? Well, from what you just said, it sounds like Patty's got a way bigger plan than Sue. Uh, it's easy just to say we're going to, you know, I'm, I'm lukewarm about LNG and we're going to try and uh, diversify our economy. I've been hearing that ever since I moved to Squamish. Yeah. So same thing. They're putting in a, a ski resort. We've been talking yeah. about for like 50 but, years. But just, I think at this point, I, we got to just add a disclaimer here. That this is all speculation. Oh, we have not heard any of the candidates' platforms, which is all based on, Past voting records. We're just sitting here having position. a beer and so, having a discussion. There you That's go. All we're doing right. That's right. <laughs> not sure. all of us are having a beer, but no, no, but yeah. anyway, yeah. And that's me. I'm not the one having the beer. <laughs> Let's just be clear. All right. But I do think that said, I do think the LNG could be a wedge issue, and I think Paul's probably going to be the most pro LNG candidate. Yeah, I think sure. I think I'm pretty safe in saying that, and I guess that argument. You know, you make the argument that I just did. You know, we've got a huge shortfall, and this is the way we make it up. Or the counter argument, which you know, a lot of my friends in town would say, well, no, we can't just take the short-term gain. You know, tech wreck is the way to go. This is the future of the town. So you know. But again, when they say tech wreck, I'm like, okay, what companies are you going to bring here? Right, and there you go. How are you going to bring them here? 
What kind of incentives? Yeah. It was called knowledge-based industries like 10 years ago when I was sitting around still and, you know, we were going to have, you know, uh, Microsoft and Google outlets come into Squamish and work in the industrial park. You know, that was a really good idea, but it hasn't come to fruition. And so well, what have, is going to... You have to... to bring them here. You have to say, hey, you know what, like Amazon to go into Vancouver, how much, how much like wheeling and dealing had to be done to get them to come here, right? Uh, when you get companies like those or you want any tech company that's uh, has any merit, I mean, you have to give them incentives to bring their business to you. They don't just come to you and say, hey, we want to set up shop, right? And they also need places for their employees to live, which we don't have right now. Right. So, I mean, this is, this is like, it's all, we're all talking about, yeah, we want to do this. And then... Mm-hmm how and then this is where i think all three candidates sort of fail like how and they're like well yeah <laughs> well there's that's politics in a nutshell promise 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 and hope that they don't remember you know once you're elected but true but we've been saying this we've been hearing the same promise from one candidate now for how long she's been in office right and now we have one that's been outspoken i'm doing the air quotes outspoken a lot uh, having her own ideas, and then we have a dark horse. So it seems like this is this is why we're doing this preamble, I think, with the, with the discussion of these ele- elections, because it's going to be quite, I think, quite an interesting one, I think, from what, we, what we've seen in the past, you know. Yeah, but could we get maybe four councillors uh, at the table that disagree with the mayor and uh, and direct council in, in a different way that we're even thinking what mayor might get elected? And actually... The council question, it's something we keep skating over. But my my feeling is, again, I'm just speculating, but my feeling is Paul wouldn't be running unless he felt that there was three or four other councillor candidates that had a good chance of winning that would help him form. Uh, not, I don't want to say it's a coalition, but at least he felt like there was yeah, a reliable don't, voting yeah, block. Just don't call it a slate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, slate well, coalition. Don't call it slowly. Yeah, coalition, but, I think, is just that you're done after that. I don't think he would be running unless he felt that there was a potential that he, he would at least have the chance to get something passed. Because what's the point, like you say, what's the point of being mayor if every proposal you come up with is shot down? I mean, Ian Sutherland, you know, he, he was a big proponent of uh, selling the oceanfront lands of Qualix Landmark. And, you know, he did everything that he could to make that deal. And in the end, it was his best friend, Raj, that shot it down. He didn't shoot it down. He voted for it. But it was his qualification that, that the company said, well, you know, we, we, we've offered you guys everything and you're still looking for more conditions. So we're going to walk. Yeah. I remember it was, it was a 5-2 vote. Yeah. And they were looking for a 7-0, I believe. And- no, what? it wasn't a 5-2 vote. It, they, they, it, edged, oh, it edged through by one vote. So it was a four-three vote. That's correct. Yeah, with Raj and, and it was Raj. Raj was the swing vote, and he was the one that came up with the third, the third, you know, third public parks, third economic, and third residential. And and then he said, if we do that, I'll vote for it. And Qualex Lamarck said, well, you know, we're giving you a community center, we're guaranteeing you parks. You know, we don't need another condition. We're gonna we're gonna pass. The Qualex deal was a bad deal anyway. But who was the third counselor? I don't think voted deal. against. I don't it. think it was a bad deal either. No, it definitely wasn't a bad deal. I well, mean, you're, Kareem you're voted about... for it again, and and who's the guy with the glasses? I forget his name. The little short guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mike, Mike. Mike. Yeah, Mike Jensen. Yeah, Mike Jensen. Right. Yeah. I like. He basic, Mike. basically, uh... basically. You know, Sorry, Greg Mike. Gardner said, "Mike, you're voting this way." Mike said, "Okay, Greg." Sorry, Mike. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> 
Yeah, someone's been drinking. Anyway, the, um, <laughs> the views of Alan are not the views of no, anybody I, I, else. Honestly, the waterfront deal, I, I, I'm, I'm actually with Alan on that one. I think it was a fantastic deal. I mean, they would have done all the legwork, all the work, and then at some point, and I think there would have been that uh, that extra revenue there. But we don't. It was it was shot down. So I mean, what what are our chances of doing that now? If we could talk to Michael Hutchinson, we would we would know. <laughs> He's notoriously media shy. He wasn't actually back when I had See This Guy News. We, we would talk all the time, but he's become notoriously media shy. So it remains a mystery what's going on Don't there. Don't forget with that Qualex thing. They were about uh, Concord Pacific. Uh, okay, let's move, let's move on. Yeah, okay. Let's yeah. move on from ancient history. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So then what's, what's your prognotation? What should we be seeing or prognotations? That's not the word. Anyway, what, was, what should we be seeing from our candidates? What do you expect to see? What do you want to hear? I think we're going to hear a lot about transportation, uh, affordable housing, and uh, trying to uh, diversify our economy. I think it's going to come down to how can we bring in the money to get all these things. Because as I said, we all want affordable housing. We all want transportation. How are you going to pay for it? So I think it's yeah. going to come down to who has the most believable plan to finance those various projects. And that's, that's easier said than done, I think. Uh, because we, 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 we've been harping now for a little bit about exactly how that's not possible. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it, these, these are big issues. And, and so, I mean, I think they're all, I think all, all three candidates will probably touch on it. Um, how, how do we figure out who has the most convincing argument? Well, I guess that's up to you, the voter, to sort of figure that out. And of course, we're going to keep going with these, uh, these podcasts and updates because uh, we love it. We just love sitting here and talking about it. We love it, and apparently, based on all three of our experiences, uh, the public loves to talk about politics, probably even more so than the weather. <laughs> so let us know what you I'm, think exactly. down in the comments, and also let us know if you want us to have the well, raspberry back on, because it, he's a wealth of information. Yeah, speaking of the weather, it's a little smoky out there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bob, it seems a little smoky. I can't see the yeah. sheet from my window anymore. Please let us know what you think in the comments, what we should be... Uh, talking about what issues most concern you and who you'd like to see have as a guest on the show, potential, uh, one of the potential candidates. I mean, obviously we won't have all three mayor We'll, we'll try candidates. our best to get all three. And what questions you want to ask them? If there's certain things you want them to answer, send us your questions as well and we'll ask them. Okay. And I think that'll do it for today's Sea to Sky podcast. Thanks, Raspberry. You're right. Thanks for having me on, guys. This is the Sea to Sky podcast. If you have a comment or story ideas, please check out our website at seataskypodcast.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Sea to Sky Podcast. Thank you for clicking us on.